It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. It's Schumacher! It's Schumacher! The Brazilian and the, the Colombian driver, I couldn't help it, but and take back. Oh my goodness. Well, Nelson Piquet, understandably, livid with rage. about it, sticking on and send him out. Well, this has blown it for Irvine, blown it for Ferrari. I don't know what's happened. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Joko. Matt is here. It is Monaco week, the most prestigious week on the Formula One calendar. That's that's about all I got nice-wise to say about the, the weekend ahead. But before we get there, some... News and schedule change. I don't know. What is this like the ninth schedule change for for F one so far this year? But we're going to start in the world of gaming first. So everybody knows we have multiple pit lane parlay F one leagues. My race didn't go so well last night. Matt, how's how did yours go? I finished second. I almost won, even though I shouldn't have. But I did a risky strategy. I took. One of the Silverstone's 26 laps, and I tried to make my mediums last 24 of those laps because the pit lane there is ridiculously slow. So I was yeah. under safety car. I'm just like, might as well pit and see if I can just risk it. So uh, almost worked. Tires couldn't help me there at the end. They got too worn, but still seconds. Not too bad. What happened to you? Yeah. Well, friend of the show, and he's going to think I'm throwing him under the bus, but I, I swear I am not. It, it was just a bad timing i i we were at spa last night friend of the show david lighting and another guy uh london kind of one twoed me one punted me in the rear and kind of like launched me into the grass and then as i came back onto the track the other hit my tires and sent me into the wall and i went from leading to 16th and then just kind of like everything the rest of the race just nothing went my way so so you're not throwing lighting under the bus, but it was his fault. No, it was it was not his mistake. Like, listen, we're not professionals here. Like, we're just we're just gaming for fun. And it, Thanks, it David. David ruined my race. <laughs> Come on, David. Unreal. It, yeah, I'm. He's he's my pitfall of the week. No, I mean, listen, it was he was faster. I was trying to stay out of the way because he had more straightaway speed than I did. But you know, what can you do? Yeah. But the, yeah, the game uh, has seven icons coming to the game. Yeah, it's pretty for, pretty cool. You can platform. you can race with some legendary drivers as your teammate in the F1 2021 game, which comes out I think in the middle of July. Schumacher, Senna, Prost, Jensen Button, Rosberg, David Coulthard, Coulthard, sorry, and Felipe Massa. 
Is there anybody you would have rather like if if you could switch out one for somebody else, who would you switch out? I have feelings about two of those for sure. Okay. For one, I'm super stoked that Senna's in the game. That's going to be so awesome. And Schumacher as well. I think that's going to be really cool. Prost, he was a great driver, but I never really liked him. But Massa and Coulthard should be nowhere near the same sentence as some of the other guys in there. Button, maybe. He, he got really good circumstances for one season and had one really good half of a season that led to his championship. Rosberg took down Hamilton, so absolutely he should be in there. But um, Felipe Massa was really close to winning the title in 2008. But other than that, didn't really do a whole lot in his career, if I'm being honest. And Coulthard was someone who was really promising at Williams, then just became a perennial number two and had some really poor performances over the year and good good equipment. So I don't know who I would replace him with. I guess I didn't really think that deeply. I mean, obviously, Nigel Mansell, Nelson PK, Nicky Lauda would have been really cool. Couple, couple that kind of float to the top more recently. Even, um, I was about to say Montoya, but I guess that kind of doesn't really fit the criteria based on what I just said. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know what the qualifications for Massa and Coulthard to make it, but I was like, what when I saw it. So I don't, I will not be hiring them on my my team. No, me either. Both both of those, I agree. I agree one hundred percent with. I'm going to say I'm. I would replace. One with Mario Andretti. He's, I know he's not technically like an, an F1 legend, but he did win an F1 championship. So, and it's Mario Andretti. And I would agree with, I don't know, either Nigel Mansell or Jackie Stewart. I don't know which one I would do. Or Hackinen. Hackinen. I forgot about Hackinen. He'd be yeah. one. Like, yeah, how do, you be... put, how do you put Coulthard in and just like Hackinen? Like, nah. Unless, I'm I mean, like, I guess they don't know if they asked Hackinen and he's like, no thanks or what, but. No offense to Massa, but yeah, no no thanks. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. His, no. He was just, after that title defeat and then the very frightening injury that he had at Hungary, which we were glad he survived. Yes. yes. Ever since that injury, his, his career just kind of fell apart at Ferrari. He just became the number two to Alonso for the next four years so and moving on the rumor that i read all over twitter last week came true turkey was on the schedule for all of i don't know five days we now have a, an austria that might be the, the most bizarre 2020 slash 2021 schedule change to happen yet at least that i can think of at this point austria is now a double header French, uh, the French Grand Prix has moved, I think, just a week, and the Roman Grosjean test in the Mercedes is unaffected, which I think I am most happy out of all that. Kind of bummed that we're just getting a doubleheader at, at Austria again, although both of those races last year were, were pretty good, so uh, I could think of worse tracks to do a doubleheader at. I could, but I'd still, I don't. I marginally like doubleheaders in IndyCar, and I don't really like doubleheaders in F1, especially since the doubleheaders that were utilized last season weren't good. I, they were I, they were not really. It's hard, also hard to call them doubleheaders because you know a doubleheader 
at least in IndyCar, is okay, two races, one weekend. This is just back-to-back weeks, so... It'd be a good time to use the sprint race thing for the second one, maybe. Oh, oh okay. But uh, but if history tells us anything, the second race is going to be full of despair and misery and not be fun. So, yeah. So yep. let's hope that changes. And then lastly, there's been some kind of discussion over the last couple of years, especially with the budget cap this year, maybe a driver salary cap sort of thing. And, you know, maybe, you know, could you cap the wage of a driver? And our friend of the show, Valtteri Botas, kind of agreed. He said, even though that the drivers are the stars of the show, which I don't know, that phrase right there kind of annoyed me because motorsports is such a teams you know so many things can go wrong in pit lane or whatever that ruins a race that i feel like he's kind of forgetting about the rest of his team with that little statement there but cost cutting in the sport is the right direction so he kind of like doesn't really answer it but answers it at the same time so if it were up to you matt would you also institute a driver wage salary cap no i would not first of all with botas he he has a point. I mean, there are definitely people that probably make the long trip to races to see Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc. I uh, I don't know the exact population of Finland, but I I can imagine that not too many people are traveling to see Botas race. No, just going on a hunch there. But with driver salary cap, I think we should just let the market take care of itself. Obviously, Mercedes is paying Hamilton some ridiculous salary this year, like $65 million or just spitballing there. I know it's a, probably a lot of money. And, you know, if Mercedes wants to do that, then they should be allowed to do that. If they have to cut the budgets because of the budget cap next year, so I don't know how much they're going to be spending next year, but let's say it's like $220 million. I mean, for them, they have to look at their books and justify spending $65 million on a driver's salary when, you know, the operation in Formula One is now going to be decreasing as far as amount of money spent. So I don't know if going forward, once this budget cap comes in, that teams can slash will spend that much money on driver's salary. But I think if it makes sense for them to do it and if they can do it and it's not going to like close their doors if they're paying a driver $60 million a year, then I think the teams should be allowed to do so if that's what they see fit. Yeah. I don't really see the need for it in any form of motorsports because the, the, you know, the paying the driver is kind of secondary to all of the costs associated with building the car. So if, if they can handle paying Hamilton $60 million, whatever, and it doesn't affect the rest of the team. I don't. What's what's the why are we why are we worried about this? This this isn't affecting anything other than maybe who's in the seat if somebody demands more money than they're worth. Yeah, and history can tell us a lot of a lot of things about that. You know, there are several drivers out there who I would consider irreplaceable, but there are times yes. in history, like in 2019, where Ferrari went from. Raikkonen, who I'm assuming they were paying 15 to 18 million a year, and then they switched to Charles Leclerc, who I can imagine as a first year Ferrari driver was, in air quotes, only 
making five million a year, but that's thirteen million dollars or so they would probably save by getting rid of Raikkonen for Leclerc, and then you know the performance of that entry actually improved. Or you got George Russell, who's not making anything really, stepping in for Mercedes for one race and hanging with Botas the entire time. And I'm assuming Botas makes 15 to 20 times as much as Russell makes. So, like I said, like if it is Lewis Hamilton or Leclerc or Verstappen, yes, you pay them because they are proven commodities. But other drivers, if they start demanding a world, like if Esteban Ocon says, I need 20 million a year, just be like, all right, well, we got five drivers in the feeder system here that are ready. And I'm assuming they can be up to speed within five to 10 races at the same level you were. So you're not really keeping this team afloat. So get lost. So that's where I think that salary caps aren't really necessary. Esteban can go to WEC or some somewhere else. Super GT over in Japan. Hey, real quick. I know this isn't on our notes, but I did hear, I think it was on the Marshall Pruitt sports car podcast that Kevin Magnuson signed in the WE speaking of the WEC in the WEC for 2022. So he's over in IMSA this year. We thought he might go to IndyCar or maybe back to F1, but it looks like his next season is decided. So I figured I'd throw that in there real quick. It's Monaco time. Yay. Of course, I will still be on and maybe Matt and maybe Frenchie, and we'll see who else is available for a live show on Sunday morning before the race. I know I'll be sitting right here before second day of Indy 500 qualifying, so I'll definitely be on either way, but it's Monaco. And a reminder, FP1 is Thursday, not Friday, as there's a silly tradition, and I shouldn't say silly tradition because I'm, it's, it is what it is, but I, well, let's go through the top five from last year before we, we talk about, about a few, few other things. Lewis Hamilton won in 2019. Obviously there was no Monaco 2020. Sebastian Vettel was second. Botas was third. Verstappen was fourth and Pierre Gasly was fifth. So again, FP1 Thursday. Okay. We have a bet to settle before to, to make official before this weekend that there will not be an on-track overtake for the lead. Now, this doesn't count crashes, any mechanical issues. I think we also agreed it didn't, this didn't count you know, pitch strategy or anything like that, correct? Yeah, if it's like an undercut or overcut, that doesn't count. I'm talking about someone sending it on the leader into turn one or at the end of the tunnel or something, that there will not be... okay an overtake for the lead on track. And you already have to have a couple chunks of blue cheese because of a previous bet, so we can't use blue cheese. Maybe a chunk. A chunk, sorry. I don't I didn't mean to get too aggressive there. I I think okay, how about you have to change your Twitter picture to a picture of Valtteri Bottas until the next Formula 1 race if this happens. We'll keep it like a little bit more lighthearted. Okay, I'll do that. And then if then there isn't one, then you have to just send out a tweet saying Botas is your favorite driver. Oh boy. Okay, that's fair. Fair I enough. Feel like my punishments for like two weeks and yours is three seconds. <laughs> yeah, but somebody will screenshot that and never let me forget it. Who would do that? Everybody, do it. Please do it. Yeah. If you see him tweet it, please do it. Send it to him. Remind him. 
no, I'll never be able to live that one down. I mean, I still can't live down the fact I called Scott Dixon American by accident, and that was like four years ago. Or that you, uh, oh, well, you have God. quite the campaign going on Twitter right now with uh, William Story. Oh yeah, Story me time. versus William Story. I honestly listen. The dude's a fraud. Let's we don't <laughs> we don't need to spend any more time. There's I have nothing. I could go on a long rant about William Story, but there's he thinks he's coming to the track next year. I have a more I I think you and I are more likely to own an F one team next year than William Story. Let's just God, leave it, it at could that. Be so funny when he does. I'm yes, laugh so hard at you. Yes, I will cry for days and days and days, but then I will just I will just tweet at him and annoy him even more than I already do. Yeah, well, fun fact for everybody out there, uh, Mike Jokin's tears are the same chemical compound used in Rich Energy. So just in case you never knew that. Oh. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. <laughs> Interesting. Didn't know that? Okay. Not even he knew that. Let's see. Nikita Mazavin has had a talking to by some guy named Gunther Steiner about his behavior we'll say antics behavior yeah basically obviously monaco is super tight and prone to very easy accidents because one inch off and you could be toast so mazapin has had a talking to and apparently he's under the same impression going into monaco that he should keep it clean which i didn't know needed to be said to a driver going into a race that you don't you shouldn't crash anyways how many incidents of Mazepin contact practice qualifying race are we going to get this weekend? Three. I was going to say two, so we might need to keep okay. a track around that. Yeah. And then lastly, before we get to some predictions, kind of an overarching discussion here that we could have. McLaren is having a one-off livery with golf this weekend. The Honestly, they're a fuel, gas, petrol station company i believe correct and i don't know if they actually like produce the gasoline too or if they just buy it off somebody but every race fan knows that they've had some amazing historic liveries over the years especially in the world of endurance racing so mclaren signed a deal with golf a year or two ago 
think it was last year. And they've had sponsorship branding to that effect, but I never actually thought we'd see a full-on golf livery in the sport on the McLaren car. So I guess, A, overall thoughts of the livery, and B, not something we're used to seeing in F1. I mean, like Ferrari had the 1,000th livery. We've seen a couple Red Bull one-offs here and there with like Star Wars and a couple other promotional ones. David Coulthard's last race. Um, Nikki Lauda tribute by Mercedes. But really, livery changes in Formula One don't happen very often. I don't know if it's just a cultural thing or in the rule book or whatever, but should this be something that we see more commonly? Yes. I, I, somebody said on Twitter, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, that Monaco would be the perfect spot for you know a one-off livery weekend, sort of like NASCAR and Darlington. I am all for one-off liveries in F1, just to spice it up once in a while. It's It doesn't have to be every car or every year but i really i really do like it and and the the golf livery is fantastic so i am a big fan and i am a proponent of maybe every monaco mclaren runs this specific one and mercedes runs something like the the lauda car i don't know i'm just spitballing ideas here but i think it's really cool yeah i think it's awesome and just from like a sponsorship point of view. I mean, we're talking about Formula One. I mean, when IndyCar, when there's an IndyCar that has a livery change, I feel like that generates a lot of interest. And I know we got guys like Alex Plo, I think it was to run a different livery in the first five races this year. So that might be like a little excessive, but you got, you know, Renus VK who's carrying Bitcoin and just the amount of, you know, social media engagement and buzz that generated was a lot by IndyCar standards for sure. Then you got Formula One here, which is like IndyCar to the 20th degree. You got this golf livery that come out. And I swear, every channel I've checked, whether it was Motorsport, Autosport, Formula One's channel, Lando, Ricardo, McLaren's channel, doesn't matter what, every time that photo was shared, I swear it had easily over 100,000 likes. That's a yep. lot of impressions that that yep. livery change is making on the masses of the world through social media. And I think if teams were to capitalize on that more, and let's say you are Ferrari and you, well, I guess that's a bad example. All their cars are red. <laughs> let's say you're, we could do Red Bull. What if Red Bull ran their livery from... 2005 or they had a test livery in 2005 that looked exactly like the can or what if you're alpha tower and you run a toro rosso livery from 07 or something like that and even if you're using the same you know sponsor logos i mean when nascar does the darlington races they're incorporating their current sponsors into past deliveries so all i'm saying is that you know it'd be a great opportunity for formula one sponsors to get even more exposure that they may not have gotten if had they just stuck with the same livery. So I think it's something that should be well, looked at in the future. Cause I think that'd be really cool. I think IndyCar should do the same for like the harvest grand prix or something like that. Um, all right. Who is going to, who's going to do good. Well, so can I throw one in here too, before we get to that, is it annoying that, you know, we know the limitations of Monaco and we know that there's probably not going to be too much passing. Is it annoying that, a majority of the race is going to be decided on Saturday. Is it annoying? The only reason I'm going to say no is because I already like, I just expect it because it's Monaco. So I've just, I just kind of 
I just have accepted Monaco for it is what it is, and I'm just going to live with it. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a action-packed, high-pressure qualifying session on Saturday. And honestly, it's one of the best qualifying sessions of the year just because, you know, every hundredth can make the difference. And starting second versus starting fifth can be huge. So it's also annoying because then you go to the race and it's just like, well, I qualified sixth. So if I'm not sixth by lap one, then something went tragically wrong. So Saturday will be intense for sure. Who is going to do good this weekend? Lando Norris. I don't think I've picked him yet this year. And I think he has had some really good qualifying performances so far this year. Almost had pole before a track limits violation, I think, at the last race or the race before. So I think if Lando can secure a top five qualifying effort, he could squeak out a place or two and maybe eke out a podium. I am going to say Cardo beats him. Have a better day. Oh, oh wow. This is this is a fun, good sh- prediction. All right, who's going to do bad? Fernando Alonso. I have no like reason other than I don't think that car is that great. Younger than you. That's that's mean. <laughs> it's that's, not that mean. That's, I, that could have been worse. That's hurtful. <laughs> I'm... Hey, I'm now. I was you know five years ago. I would have been the youngest driver in Formula One, and now there are guys out there who are like six, seven years younger than me. So I feel a little old now too. So I'm I'm catching you. Don't worry. I'm going to pick Charles Leclerc. I think uh, for some reason, Monaco hates him. Don't know why. He's had uh, two pretty poor races and two starts there. So I don't think this year will be any different, unfortunately. Who is your dark horse top 10? Dark horse top 10. Oh, boy. Let's go with who's a dark horse top 10 at this point. I know this is a total shot in the dark, but. It's their 750th Grand Prix, so I'm going to have some fun with this pick and say George Russell's finally going to get into the top 10 with Williams. Has it really been 750? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It'll be nice to see tributes of them winning 30 years ago. That'll be cool to see on social media. And Dark Horse top 10. I will say Lance Stroll sneaks in there. That was I was very close to picking an Aston Martin car. And They're then, not that good either. No, I know. And then lastly, who is going to get eliminated in Q3 with Haas and Williams? Sebastian Vettel. Speaking of Aston Martin not being so good. Yeah, he was opening his mouth about the team and how they're not good enough for something. I, that Paraphrasing, he said it a lot nicer than how I just said it, but <laughs> uh, he's not getting up to speed or something. So you said Vettel. Yes. I'll go with Raikkonen. Why not? Okay. I think right. uh, he's going to be wanting to get to Juan Montoy, his yacht named after Juan Montoy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know still if he still owns. I don't even know if he still owns that, but I'm assuming he's going to have some sort of yacht there. I love every time I see a Kimi Raikkonen highlight package pop up on YouTube. Even if I've seen it, I make sure to watch it again. Anyway, that about wraps it up, guys. This weekend, also F2 returns for the first time in a while. They have a sprint race Friday, sprint race Saturday, and a feature race later on Saturday. The sprint race on Saturday is at 2.20 a.m. Do I stay up at a ridiculous hour and watch it? The answer is probably not, but that would be kind of fun. And F1, like Matt said, 
or like I said earlier, practice one and two are on Thursday, 5.30 a.m. and 9 a.m., qualifying Saturday, 9 a.m., race Sunday, 9 a.m., all Eastern time here. So we'll do our live show at approximately 8.30 a.m. Eastern Sunday morning and have some fun with that. I think that about wraps it up, guys. Hopefully, Monaco surprises us this year. We we shall, we shall certainly see. Enjoy the racing, and everybody, have a great weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.